0: Episode 22 of the Press Pass podcast presented by the Press Republican and episode one of 2021. Happy New Year to everyone. I am sports editor Joey LaFranca, along with editor in chief Joe LaTemplio and night editor Ben Rowe. How we doing?
1: Joey Betts, good
0: to see you. Yes, Ben, how are you? New Year, same Joey (laughs) Betts. Yes. It was a a good level, though. It was like an appropriate level for the Mm -hmm. microphone, not too much. Mm -hmm. Our new microphone. Our new microphone, yes, because our old one just died.
2: We've been through a big (laughs) upgrade. This one's huge and shiny. It's literally the same one. (laughs) (laughs) Literally
0: the same one, but... Um, before we kind of get too off track or anything lots of stuff going on and uh, Joe I will just kind of kick it to you and and you can rock and roll and say to the people everything that's kind of been going on of late. Joey
2: did you predict that we were already going off the rails? No the Simpsons did
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah it's been uh, quite the week to say the least and It's uh, looking like we'll have some interesting times to start 2021.
1: It sure has. Um, 2021 definitely started off... um, uh, Yeah, I keep seeing these memes where 2020 are... Yeah, no. 2021 (laughs) says Hold my beer. Yeah, <laughs> first, yeah. First
0: 2020, no, yeah twenty twenty was bad, and then twenty twenty one says, "Hold on, wait, hold my beer." Yeah. That's, oh, wait.
2: New segment: Joe Retemplio explains means. means. That would be a good <laughs> one. I feel I
0: feel like we could just do a whole side podcast just on that. Couldn't
1: explain
2: it, but I understood
1: it. I got it. It was pretty fun. I like that.
2: There um,
0: has been certainly a lot of twenty twenty carryover. Yeah, and,
1: and the turbulence, whatever you want to call it, uh, the beginning of the year. Um, On the COVID-19 front, or locally here in the North Country, we've seen a wicked, wicked rise of cases in uh, Clinton, Essex, and Franklin County, namely Clinton County, lately. We're up over 400 cases active right now. Mm -hmm. I think we had 93 uh, yesterday, and we keep getting numbers in the 70s, 80s, 90s, Yeah, and it is... um, Way, way worse. We were talking earlier about how last May, during the Plattsburgh State graduation weekend, the Clinton County had a spike of 14, and we thought, oh my God, 14. Right. That's nothing to what we're seeing now. And the college
0: isn't even in session right now. No,
1: exactly. And Franklin County is also seeing big numbers. Essex County is seeing big numbers. Um, on the positive and I don't know if we've had a podcast since the vaccines have come out. No,
0: I don't think we. I don't think we really.
2: I have. think the last one we had was yeah, forecasting it. But yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, but in any event, they're
1: here. They're rolling out. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been some issues with how fast they've been going out and how many they've been getting. Um, but let's hope they can smooth that out and get those shots in people's arms. And hopefully get a handle on this thing because it is raging right now.
0: Don't you really think that at this point, Jan, th- this month of January and February could, how, however, these two, these next two months goes in terms of the vaccine getting, you know, released more and get more people getting vaccinated, and also how exactly the COVID numbers surge here locally and just nationally. I feel like January and February are pretty much going to dictate how twenty twenty one go, how twenty twenty one goes. Yeah, the
1: next. Few weeks, months are critical for sure. Yeah. Um, people just gotta get it, gotta understand. Yeah. You know, this is serious. We gotta take every
2: precaution we can. hmm. Well, I was thinking the other day is the fact that for me personally, and talk about personal anecdotes, but it seems as though having this during the winter, just the misery of the dark of winter, just adds another thing to it where I think it may. Honestly, it makes me even a little more stir-crazy than usual. So I don't know if listeners, you know, I guess just that, what, the other day the health department released some information about where they kind of see some of the spread coming from, small gatherings and that kind of thing. And it's just that, I don't know, again, there's just something about the fact that it's coming in the middle of all this that people are kind of letting the guard down a little bit.
0: Yeah, and all along people said um, the, the months of January, even December and February, the, the winter months will be dark. Mm-hmm. And, and they really have been. And up here, it's obviously cold, and that doesn't help matters at all. And I think one of the biggest things that kind of, you know, up here, a lot of winter activities keep people busy. And, and that's not, people can't even do a lot of the winter activities that they are normally accustomed to doing. And we'll get to sports a little bit later. But, you know, one of the biggest things around here is, is hockey and hockey can't be played. That's a huge thing for around the winter time that people look forward to. Basketball, nothing better than when it's snowing and there's a bunch of snow outside and it's who knows how cold it is. Go into a nice warm gym and, and watch basketball, things like that. None of that's going on. So we're lacking the normalcy. We're searching for answers and we're trying to all be safe. Uh, I shouldn't say we're all trying to be safe because obviously I don't think I'll, everyone, I don't want to accuse people, but it's clearly obvious that not everyone's following the protocols at this point. And uh, yeah, it's just we're we're really search- searching for a lot of answers, and it's it's disappointing.
1: Well, I, I want to touch on that a little bit. You say you know, some people may not be following the protocols. Of course, us three here in this room hope everybody is. Yeah, and we would urge everybody to. But we're also seeing people that are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yes, still getting it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. which means it is out there in the community, and now we have this new strain Mm -hmm. that people are worried about. more infectious. Mm -hmm. And the only surefire way of not getting it is by staying home, I -hmm. would guess. Yeah. And we know that can be difficult to do.
2: Yeah. Well, and as we were talking about earlier, is the fact that the state response to this recent rise has been noticeably different than it was last spring, When it seems as though we had fewer numbers, but we were locked down. And um, as we've reported, um, you know, there's different um, factors that um, make us go into lockdown. But it seems as though, I don't know, it seems to me that maybe people short of a lockdown don't quite get the message of like, (laughs) you know, yeah. stay. I'm surprised we aren't in a lockdown. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised about that too. Because, like you were talking about in in May when graduation was in around the corner for Plattsburgh State, and there were like the 14 cases, and everyone was kind of going nuts. You think about where we were in in March and April and and um, May and into the summer months. March and April, I think April can we agree was like the the really rough month just mm-hmm. collectively um, yes. as far as as far as as far as COVID numbers and cases at the time were concerned. Everybody was like, wow, this is really getting out of hand. And now where we are uh, on Jan- in, in early January, it, it doesn't even touch what mm-hmm. it was. In, it's way past what it was in April. And I think that's the alarming thing because we were more overall um, really careful, I guess, uh, mindset-wise about this virus, because I think people didn't understand it. There was so much unknown. And I think it's a good thing that we have more knowledge about COVID now. We kind of understand how it works a little bit better, what to do, to what preventative measures to use to, to go against COVID. But at the same time, there's the comfort level of, like, we know it's out there and we're, we've kind of acclimated to it. Mm-hmm. And there's almost that, I think I feel like, false sense of security, if that's a good way to describe it.
1: Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. We see that. And that, that translates into letting your guard down. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is something we just
2: can't do, no, and I guess it's frustrating is the fact that there's no quick fix <laughs> it's no. just a matter of people sticking around doing the right thing, and all that kind of stuff, and as other pe- than the vaccine other than the vaccine, and that's what a lot of people um i think um the c b p h officials and that kind of thing have been quoted as saying, Um, you know' if we can see the finish line, <laughs> yeah, hold well on,' just a little longer, and that kind of thing so um which actually, that's another topic, um, is that Governor Cuomo has taken a, a rather aggressive approach to getting the vaccine out and has said if hospitals don't do it right, they're going to be punished, which is um, an interesting <laughs> approach to say the least. But the good thing is right here, our hospitals have been efficient and. Yeah, gonna get out
0: so and i get i get the serious measure that he's trying to take because obviously this is a huge serious issue and he's really trying to force the hands of people i shouldn't say force the hands but really trying to like push people in the right direction mm-hmm. and the the direction is to bring an end to the pandemic so i i think locally like you said i think locally as far as the vaccine is concerned i think i think that's the most positive thing going on around here right now
1: mm-hmm. well we know from our reporting and the uh, opining that that threat against the hospitals didn't go over very well in all corners of the state. Mm -hmm. Um, Hospitals have enough problems uh, yes, financially, staff-wise, regulations-wise. They're up against it. Mm -hmm. So threatening them with a $100,000 fine might not be the best thing to do as, as, as Mark Molinaro, a former gubernatorial candidate, I believe, and, uh, president of the New York uh, Association of Counties Association, mm-hmm. said about that Cuomo's approach of the beatings will continue until morale improves mm-hmm. is not an effective tool. <laughs> I like that quote. <laughs> yes. it, it hammers home the point. It, it does. really does. Uh, yeah,
2: something to think about. It's, yeah, yeah. A Kind of a carrot and stick approach. As, yeah, the <laughs> it's no
0: secret that some of the things that uh, Governor Cuomo has done to handle the pandemic have been better than others. And yes, there have been some things that I think he's had a good amount of success in, but there's been some other things where he's really kind of dropped the ball. And I don't think that's really like going off on a limb saying that. So a lot of people feel that way. And I feel bad for, like like you said, Joe, uh, the people who are working in these hospitals, the hospitals themselves, the management, everyone involved, they have enough on their plates. They don't need to be dealing with these like threats from the governor which ultimately cause stress and why do we need our healthcare workers more stressed than they are right now i i i feel like the pandemic provides enough stress that they don't need some some political person providing even more stress.
1: And, and you have to believe that they're doing their level best to try to help everyone they can yeah. and do the best they can.
0: No, Nobody's going into a hospital and, and not giving 100%, especially during a pandemic. And if they if they aren't, well, that's a whole other thing, but
2: I don't think that's the case. And they're doing it with limited federal resources. It's not as if the federal government is injecting, no. all right, here's all the money you need. Here's all the people you need. Take it, take it. But the, no, they're doing it with what they have. <laughs> yeah. No,
1: the the healthcare, nursing doctors... Uh... Assistance. It's a noble, noble profession, and i got to believe that their best interests are at, at, at heart for everybody. Uh, the thing about the governor is you're right. At some of the things he's done very well, mm-hmm. some things you scratch your head at. 100%, yeah. Uh, but I would say this about him. He's at the table rolling up his sleeves trying to address it. Mm-hmm. He's working tr- on the problem, trying to find solutions. He's not in Mar-a-Lago golfing. No, um, no. He's paying attention and trying to do something. Yeah. At the federal level, we're seeing nothing.
0: No, and, and that's, that's the concerning thing. It's the, the top where it's, if you want to apply like the trickle-down effect that we, t- we hear like with economics and stuff like that, if you want to apply that type of theory to, to this – the top is dry, and then the the middle area is really the ones that are actually the start of trickling down things to to the lower levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's with not direction. that's I mean. not a good it, when if you don't have direction and you're trying to handle a pandemic with no direction and you're trying to make it up as you go, that is not a good approach to things. No.
2: So speaking of which, segue. yeah,
0: and and that's <laughs> and and obviously we. I mean, this is the way the Press Republican works. We prioritize local stuff in the podcast. We just talked about local stuff, but now we're going to move on to some more of the national things that were going on. And and Wednesday was a, um, well, a very dark day in probably, I don't know how long in American history, but it was was quite the day. And for anybody who says that, uh, who tries to justify what happened yesterday, I really suggest that you... uh, and I have no problem saying this. I really suggest that you kind of check yourself and really kind of analyze like what happened yesterday because nothing from yesterday brought out any positives.
1: No. It was like anything we've ever seen before, like Yeah, you said. I mean, um, people storming the Capitol, mm-hmm. breaking in, breaking windows, breaking into inside, into the chambers, into uh, Congress members' offices, in the hallways, it was um i saw pictures of people with confederate flags inside the Capitol. Mm. um it was a it was a very dark and sad day yeah. it was is unmitigated disaster
0: it was it, it was really i, I don't I, i'll let you keep going i just wanted to say a lost cause it's a lost cause like these people were in there and i feel like they didn't even know why i feel like they were just instigated by in my opinion, a uh, a person in, in Donald Trump who is just completely abusing power, and he's brainwashing the American public and making them think something that's completely not true about the election.
1: Uh, he, he most definitely... Um, you, you could most definitely say he was a major factor in inciting what happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly didn't do much to stop it. No. And... It just fueled um, the the mob, mm-hmm. and it was you know a lot of um, not just the president the bunch of Republicans 140 so Republicans that signed on to object to the electors uh, that didn't help either, um, and it was just uh, a really a, a a attack on mm-hmm. our democracy. Yep, it, it was bad, bad.
2: Well, I guess what I want to ask you, Joe, was the fact that you've seen quite a few elections in your day, both nationally and locally. And I guess in your political experience, you know, do you have any memories of, um, well, you'll say losers in elections? You know, it's, it's never, as people have said, it's not fun to lose. And I'm sure that in your time, you've heard some people who have said, you know, this was bad and I'm mad and that kind of thing and how does that usually go over in your experience when you call the person who loses what is that like?
1: Locally it's happened a few times I I can think of three or four cases where local candidates have literally lost by one vote Mm. Um, and it was in each case it was drawn out went to the courts there were were challenges Um, but when all was said and done one candidate won by one vote and in each case the loser accepted it, shook the other person's hand, and talked gracefully about it. And that was it. Right. Um, at the local level. And I thought, wow, well, you know, that's pretty good. I mean, the, you talk about the peaceful transfer of power. Mm-hmm. Four people died yesterday, so it's not a peaceful mm-hmm. transfer of no, power. No, sure. It's been lost no one one of the images that really
2: struck me um last year was um of um our local um mayoral candidates and the fact that that race was flipped in literally the 11th hour and yet they um you know met together and shook hands and you know we get a photo of that and personally when we were doing the 2020 year in review i used that photo and that image really struck me that Here's somebody in Scott Beebe of the fact that um, he was ahead on election night and, you know, feeling good. And then all of a sudden, when the absentees were counted, it flipped. And imagine what that does to your heart <laughs> to be like, you know, oh, well, I guess I ended up losing. And yet he went over there and he's like, I know, I think we quoted him as saying, you know, it's not the outcome that I'd like, obviously, but I'll support, you right. know.
1: I, I, I do, now that I'm thinking, one time, the mayoral race, I think it was 1995. Clyde Rabideau was running against Mark Dane.
0: It's oh. okay. <laughs> we told you to mute <laughs> it, for <Ben. laughs> It's all right. It's for, it's, we, we're, we're coming back from break.
1: <laughs> so anyways, Mark Dane lost, and he went over to Clyde to concede and congratulate him, mm. which was cool. And... Uh, it had been kind of a bitter campaign with some nastiness between them. Sure. And Mark went over and said, "Oh, congratulations! I wish you well." And Clyde kind of gloated a little bit and threw a few jabs in there.
0: Passive aggressive. And Mark wow.
1: Mark looked at him point blank and said, "Clyde, you won. Okay, stop."
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, good for him. I mean, and that was it. Anytime somebody's passive aggressive like that, that's like the that's that's the worst. When when something like that happens, and and you, you you're trying to as somebody like who who's lost, if you're trying to take it gracefully, and somebody's being passive aggressive toward you,
2: oh then then I'll, the gloves come off. It's, it's it's time to go.
1: Sparks could fly.
2: Yeah. So that... no, so we're certainly not saying that elections are always a friendly <laughs> process, but is the fact that you trust the process, you trust that the people voice their opinions, and then you move on. let me ask you Ben Oh, have we seen any evidence of massive voter fraud? We have not not locally, not New York, not in the country
0: no no, no not at all and that is the biggest thing that, that's the key that's that's the key to all of this is we are, we're seeing the 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 reasoning behind the uh, the up the alleged reason behind the uproar is the voter fraud which time and time again has been proven didn't take place. And it gets back to when you when you see when you see over and over again you're told no this didn't happen and then you just keep bringing it up and say no it did it did it did. It's when you see a leader like in the role that Trump is in doing that it just questions everything about about the leadership and and what and what he's actually out and it for. Fuels the fire. And in my opinion, basically, once he lost, whenever you want to say he technically lost, since then. He's forgotten about the presidency and what, what responsibilities that include. He's he's basically just led this this whole yeah. whatever this ordeal if you want to call it. That's day. What I'm saying. This train wreck is a better word for what it.
1: What has he done about COVID in the last two months? I
0: mean uh, I, I was I was listening to I, I was joking with Ben Rowe. I watched more news yesterday <laughs> than probably well, I shouldn't say I watched a pretty good amount of news last year, especially especially <laughs> around the pandemic time early on. But, in quite but a while, I watched more news yesterday than I've watched in quite some time, and consecutively, too, I just couldn't like take my eyes off the television and I was just watching it and i'm I'm just thinking to myself, my god, like are is this really where we're at?" And some people brought it up, and I don't mean this to to sound like politically incorrect or anything. I don't mean it in this way. It's just the truth. What we watched yesterday is things that we've seen on the past and couldn't believe that were happening, the things that are happening sometimes in the Middle East and things like that during their elections. And we saw something like that right here in the United States, the place where we're supposed to be the head of democracy, democracy, we're supposed to be the 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 mirror that people are supposed to the, that are people are supposed to reflect and they're supposed to be like us and you know i, I you say that as an american because that's what people say but yesterday that was not the case whatsoever um and it's just it was just a very eye-opening surreal scary whatever type of moment you want to call it it was it was a moment that people won't forget
1: I, I cannot imagine what other countries are thinking of us right
2: now
0: probably not too much in terms of positivity no. they're probably thinking what a train wreck
2: Well, what stands out for me as far as voter fraud goes is that locally, when you go to the Board of Elections, and as we've done in our reporting, and go behind the scenes, and you see the table stacked with just endless, infinite rows of absentee ballots and that kind of thing, (laughs) and you think, boy, I'm glad this isn't my job to (laughs) go through and sort these all out, but it is somebody's job. It's the job of the local electoral staff, and people that are human... (laughs) And, uh, you know, they're not robots and um, that we entrust them to with our most sacred process and that it strikes me that there are people in the national news and across the country that do report on the fact that, yeah, the mistakes happen, that there was, you know, a ballot that was accidentally um, put in bin B instead of bin A and that kind of thing. And it's like. And, of course, that's not good. (laughs) If that was my ballot, I'd be mad. Um, But it's the fact that it's a human process and that every election, as has been said last night and through the past two months, every election has errors. Every process has errors, you know. um, We all know that, geez, our paper has errors every once in a while. It's, um, It's humans doing human things the best they can, and it's just that when we get to the point where We don't accept it because of errors like that. You just that's just going against the grain and just that's not how we can do it. You just have to step back and put yourself in other people's shoes. And that's where I stand is the fact that if I hear someone say, well, there was this and this, well, yeah, you know, if you were in that job, imagine the pressure. So it's just that perspective in mind. It's been important to me is that there are real people behind this whole process.
1: I have breaking news. What's uh, that? play the breaking news music. Text from Mackenzie Delio is covering the City of Plattsburgh uh, Common Council meeting. Uh, Elizabeth Gibbs, counselor from Ward 3, has been named the new mayor pro tem.
0: Oh. Well, congratulations to
2: her in a unanimous vote. Uh, uh, excuse me, I've just been handed something. Um, yeah. uh... Yes, come on, you guys. That's good. We're to make it good. We're gonna have
0: to. We're gonna have to come up with a sound. We're gonna have to come up with a little sound effect for Would that. I think that, that I think that'll be good.
2: Um, yeah, that is, and she's been a vocal voice a on voice. the yes. yes.
0: So before we get before there. we get back to what we were talking about too, I was thinking, new year. I think we need a new theme song. I think I we was need actually to get I think we need to get some more music, some different stuff involved. No. So I think we're gonna have to we're gonna have to dabble That's into that spicy new. Um, but one thing that I wanted to hit upon because people are listening to us right now and they're listening to. Our opinions that that and our jobs are not necessarily to <laughs> give our opinions. We're, we're here to a, uh, to report on what's happening, how other people are handling different situations and whatnot. Um, and one thing really important, I feel like that's been in the in, in our coverage of late, um, localizing the events of the Capitol and other things has been at least Stefanik, and that is something that I'm sure. Um, has been a hot topic for you guys to be covering of late. And Joe, I just want to hit upon that a little bit and have you touch upon what the coverage around Stefanik has been like of late.
1: Yeah, she's been front and center in this whole thing. um, As the congresswoman from the 21st district, Mm -hmm. our district, Um, she's one of the 140 Republicans that uh, vowed to object to the electoral certification. Um, Drew a lot of response. Both ways, um, naturally, um, and then which was okay, all right. A lot of people didn't like the fact that she was standing by Trump no matter what, and was going to do this this exercise, even though, as we said, that no evidence kind of, of fraud, a feudal effort. Mm. Yeah, um, and I think okay, people because. You know, would have been upset, but they could have lived with it. But then yesterday, everything blew up, and it changed the whole level of this. Yes. And people, there are people calling for her to resign, Mm -hmm. be removed from office, and to be held accountable for the violence and everything that happened yesterday. Um, This has blown up. Oh, absolutely. Not only for her, but for uh, a lot of Republicans and, of course, the president. Yep. Um, I don't know if they counted on that. No. Um. And I'm not sure, I hope they're aware of the seriousness of this. Um, And yeah, newspapers um, um, editorialize on issues like this. Sure. Um, This is not a hard one. No. Um, It's easy to see what happened and what uh, should not have happened. Yeah. Um, And we will continue to cover the Congresswoman as she works um, representing this district will report what she does um what she says how she votes like we always do um but that doesn't mean we're not going to maybe criticize her here or there mm-hmm. or maybe praise her from time mm-hmm. to time you we know, have to to the past mm-hmm. yeah um it's all part of uh well you know the news package and uh like i said this is an unprecedented oh, story the, yeah for many reasons
2: for a, something we haven't seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, and, um, you know, it's easy to feel distant from it, looking through the TV screen down, all the way down in D.C. But, as you said, Joe, is that if your representative is one of the people whose voice is in this, then you have a stake in this as sure. somebody who voted for him. So I, I feel like I was thinking about that, watching her deliver her remarks um, last night when she directly addressed the North Country and said, you know, that her constituents um, um called her and asked her to get involved in this. And so, again, it does have that local tie to it. So we'll see. Um, As we were discussing earlier, it's interesting to look at Stefanik's tenure from her start as kind of a young upstart and that kind of thing to where politics has led her now. So we'll Mm -hmm. see what happens between now and the next election.
0: (laughs) My biggest takeaways from from yesterday include the, the whole breaching of the Capitol and everything like that. If you want to attach a purpose to what these people thought their purpose was, it was to change the minds of the voters and, and make it so more people would object to, to the election results. If anything, it did the exact opposite. They oh, shot, they sh- they shot yeah. themselves in the foot. Mm-hmm.
1: Some of the senators, um, I think half of the senators that said they were going to object, change your mind. Yep, mm-hmm.
0: so that, that completely changed things. The other couple things, they stormed the Capitol building... And many of them had either something to support uh, the policemen, you know, with the Blue Lives Matter, they're wearing flags uh, with the Blue Lives Matter flags, things like that. Meanwhile, literally going head-to-head, face-to-face, fist-to-fist, whatever you want to say, with policemen. And that's a whole other ironic thing to it.
1: Yeah, this whole thing with the Capitol Police, um, I've seen, it's kind of all over the place. I've seen things where they... People think they did not do a good job and that they were too nice mm-hmm. to the uh, uh, protesters or mob or whatever you want to call them. And that um, they, there seemed to be a lack of support for them, numbers-wise, mm-hmm. um, in terms of reinforcements. And we don't know if that was by design Right. Before. Oh, there's and, going to be conspiracy theories. And people were saying that the president was reluctant to call in the, the national guard. Mm-hmm. And of course, we see all kinds of things on social media where, if that was Black Lives Matter protesters, they'd all have been shot. Yeah. Um. So the whole issue of how it was handled by police is a whole another aspect. Yes. Of this whole thing.
0: And my, my third and final takeaway from it, and I didn't really come to this conclusion until late last night, or maybe even early this morning. I don't remember what time it was exactly. Mike Pence, Vice President Mike Pence, could be looked at in the history books moving forward as a savior to democracy in so many levels. He acted on calling in the National Guard while Trump did not. He has continued to do the right thing in terms of how to approach this whole election controversy and he said he won't unilaterally like use his power to make decisions he'll go by the votes and everything like that and i really think looking back on things i mean a couple months ago what we were all laughing at him because he had a fly on his head during the debate you know (laughs) (laughs) um but now in all seriousness he really has stepped up in a time that Maybe through some people's own fault, it's been one of America's darkest times. And um, that's me talking. That's just me talking. That's not the press Republican talking. That's just me. Um, but that was my thoughts last night. I was like, wow, this guy like a couple of months ago had a fly on his head and memes were coming out everywhere. <laughs> um, and now he's like at the heart of what could be looked at as one of the most serious things that's happened in quite some time. He
2: didn't have much choice. No. No, he didn't. There's got to be memes in the history books like... 20 years from now, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah.
0: I, I, I think memes could really become a thing, and uh, they are a thing. But yeah. just but, moving forward. But that, that was those were my takeaways from watching
2: everything develop yesterday. One of my last thoughts was that I appreciate that we got the perspective from um, former North Country Congressman Bill Owens yesterday. Yes. Yeah, Karen I read Chapman that story. That, that was good. Um, gave kind of a inside view of what it's like when things get a little tense inside the um, halls of law and um government and um that he was down there when things got a bit tense and he um talked about my biggest thing i guess as i was telling joe yesterday is talking about the secret tunnels <laughs> under washington dc that the politicians can <laughs> slip into and out of and makes me think of Plattsburgh state going down the tunnels to um <laughs> Hall, that kind of thing and um <laughs> but um is the fact that to think that there are systems in place to keep them safe is, you know, um, I was thinking the other day about our, I guess yesterday, um, about the baseball shooting that happened a couple of years ago, um, where Steve's police got shot right. and i thinking of the fact that these politicians, they're more vulnerable than we like to think they are. And, um, is the fact that they're not invincible, they're not wearing bulletproof vests, And so to think that that's one of the scariest things for me, personally, my biggest takeaway was when I saw the images of armed, you know, rioters getting into the the chamber, into the rotunda, into the gallery, and thinking the fact that, you know, where does it go from there? And that's kind of the, that when we've gone from the point of Posting and angrily talking to actually physically confronting and threatening these people, you know, we've we've crossed the line. It's frightening. So. It is frightening.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and one final thing that's really started to come to light now has been the whole talk around the Twenty Fifth Amendment. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure we will be providing some type of coverage on that, either through the national perspective or even the local We're perspective. Working
1: on it as we speak.
0: Um, but I figured that would be something interesting that we could also bring up because that's, I mean, the Twenty Fifth Amendment has never been utilized before. Um, but but I feel like now is maybe the best chance uh that it could ever be used.
1: Yeah, and others say well, it was only 12 more days, 13 right. more days. Right. Maybe we can Look what get happened to it, this. look but what happened know. in one day. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know,
0: um that I thought that was in, when I saw those reports come out late last night about the 25th amendment, I didn't even I mean, I don't I don't have a book. I don't in my head I don't know what each amendment is, but I was like, well, that must be something about like president's power and and stuff like that and Yeah, when I I saw the reports of that, that was uh, quite eye-opening, and it matched the scenarios and the situations that were going on.
2: Next next episode, we do a quiz. Joe LaFranca and all the amendments.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that wouldn't go
2: well. I know two and one. Actually, not to derail, but Joe LaTemplia. There's the First Amendment, freedom of speech and all that. Second Amendment, guns. The, the right 14th, to bear the arms. The 14th Amendment is seizures and unlawful searches, I think. Um,
1: the 5th Amendment, not the right not to incriminate yourself. Mm-hmm. The 4th Amendment, um, thou shalt not house soldiers in your house.
2: Mm-hmm. How do you know that one?
1: The 3rd Amendment <laughs> is... What is the 3rd Amendment?
2: One of them is about women voting. <laughs> well, that's later. That's like ni- yes, that's
0: is that 19th? 19th? Yes. Yeah, look at me. <laughs> Boom!
2: So we got six of them. That's <laughs> not too bad. We're all ready to become U.S. citizens, sharecroppers. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, six of the amendments. Before
0: but... before we kind of wrap things up, mm-hmm. I just wanted to provide a little bit of a sports update. Yes. Um, we talked about everything COVID-related. It's kind of crazy that sports are even under the discussion right now. Um, but I did have a a conversation, not really for a story. But certainly something that he wouldn't mind me sharing the conversation with uh, just for on the podcast. Um, I did talk to uh, Section 7 Executive Director Matt Wallentuck on, it would have been Monday, and I just asked him about where exactly sports are at right now um, because it's varying from section to section within the state. And it looks like the sports that could be allowed for Section 7 at this point include bowling boys' swim, and uh, indoor track and field. Uh, Bowling looks like it will have its first match right around the Martin Luther King holiday. And then uh, boys' swim, which only Plattsburgh High and Osable Valley are participating in. Um, Those two schools are remote right now, so I don't know how that's going to go. It looks like they might start practice around the 18th or 19th that is what I know Osable um, Valley Athletic Director Kevin Holbert told me as far as Osable's is concerned. Um, and then as far as track goes, track is the complete mess of everything because they have their competitions at the Plattsburgh State Fieldhouse, which to this point has not been opened up for use for any Section 7 teams. Um, so I guess there's some positivity. As far as like sports getting underway, well, I know I reason. I know I sent I know I sent out an email. I was talking to Ben the other day. I sent out an email like to respective athletic directors and saying like you know hey here's the preseason coaching form for press republican sports coverage. You know please have your coaches fill it out when they deem it's possible. And I I I prefaced it by saying I understand that things might not be quite so normal this year, but I'm just trying to get the email out, get the ball rolling, so we're not caught off guard in a couple of weeks. So.
1: That's kind of the update for sports.
0: Uh, And then Plattsburgh State, nothing. Uh, I I don't think we're going to be hearing
1: much about that. Well, we're we're, we're getting close to March 1st, football season.
0: Yeah, well, th- there's that too—the whole fall second season mm-hmm. thing—and um, I don't, I don't hold out too much hope for that. Weirdest Super Bowl parties ever. Yeah, it's it's gonna. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that too, that too. That's another um,
1: potential for super spreaders. Yes, my goodness. I feel
0: like that's probably the next one, right? That that's that's yeah. that's the next like giant kind of unofi- honestly unofficial
2: holiday, uh-huh. is Super Bowl Sunday. Yes. Um, but again, shout out to all the sports officials who are literally, as I was just thinking, in charge of coordinating the largest gatherings of these past year, and to have that responsibility. is.
0: Yeah, I have a hot take for the Super Bowl, by the way. Uh-oh. Hot take. I'm going to give you my pick right now, who I think is going to make it. Buffalo Bills. Yes. Yes. Yeah! Buffalo Bills <laughs> and Green Bay Packers. That
1: would, be, that would be something.
0: I think that would be a very good matchup, and I think that's honestly quite possible. Um, it is, it is. And I think we have to briefly bring up the Philadelphia Eagles disaster uh. that happened
2: on Sunday. Is that, that the team that had a bunch of people at.
0: Yeah, and then the quarterback uh, decision that Doug Peterson made <laughs> that basically completely just derailed my New York Giants' hopes of making the playoffs. I have to say this, though. The Giant, like I'm upset that it affected the Giants, but – Joe and I were exchanging some text while the game was going on. It's bigger than the whole Giants thing. That was just completely and blatantly throwing a football game to get a better draft pick. And I understand it. I do understand it. I don't like it, though, and I don't think it's good for football.
1: Yes, but on okay. the other hand, and this goes for my Cowboys too, mm-hmm. when you're 6-10, you don't
0: and Oh, it. you don't have a kid coming. No, and I, 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 wrote, a col- <laughs> I wrote a column um, literally on that night – and i wrote it about 15 minutes because it was very easy to take a stance yeah. um you can check it out on pressrepublican.com but i basically stressed that uh the eagles were in the game it was they were only down 17 to 14 entering the fourth quarter they had a quarterback who's a rookie he'd only played in four games previous to this one i believe um and he had played well he had scored both of the touchdowns for the eagles and their coach took him out and put in Nate Sudfeld who Quite honestly, I don't know if he could really thrive too much on many levels, let alone the NFL. And his coach put him in a position to fail, in my opinion. And a coach shouldn't do that. And also, his his the Eagles had battled for three quarters, only to have their coach make one decision that single-handedly, basically, in my opinion, lost the game. And uh, that's a slap in the face to players' efforts, which I which I don't agree with either. And that was honestly probably my biggest takeaway from all that is. In the sport of football, you're giving it—you're giving it your all. You're, you're sacrificing to to have success, and their coach just made a decision that basically slapped his players' efforts right in the face.
1: It'll be interesting to see the first time the Eagles and Giants play next year.
0: I hope, and I—I I really hope that the NFL is smart and they make that the first game of the season prime time <laughs> Sunday Night Football, um, because there will be no time in between to potentially forget about what happened. Uh, to end this season, so I think that would be great. I mean, the Giants-Eagles rivalry goes way back. You know, you got Miracle at the Meadowlands, you got all that stuff. Um, Eagles have been a much better team against the Giants of late, but who knows what will happen moving forward? And I'll have my i my Giants uniform on, all good to go. I was so I was so I have mad to look forward. To I was so mad I could have suited up and just gone right out there, you know, just tackled. So I would have just tackled Peterson and then left, probably got to jail for it. But you know, hey, whatever. Um, but on a more serious note, Joe. I know you wanted to bring up something, um, and it we talked about the pandemic, and uh, the pandemic hit home.
1: Yeah, it did. Uh, I'm sorry to say that my mother passed away from COVID uh, a couple days ago. She had been in a hospital in Rochester for 30 days fighting this, and it was just finally too much for her, and she passed uh, early Tuesday morning. Um, she was 91 years old. But she was not a frail old lady. She was healthy as a horse. She went to the gym three times a week. (laughs) She did everything. And she had a lot more life to live. Um, And this didn't have to happen. And it was just a horrible, horrible thing. Um, So my message, obviously, is please everyone, take care of yourself, protect yourself and your families, and do what you have to to keep safe because this thing is real. And it's no fun, and you don't want this in your lives.
0: Yeah, um, I, I, when we heard the new, we know we know you've been dealing with this for for the past month, like you said, um, and we both, you know, Ben and I and everyone had kind of been asking you how how your mother has been doing and whatnot, and to hear the news the the other day um, that your mother passed was very sad, and it's like we said, it's very very eye opening. Um, so. Our hearts are with you and, and the whole Temple family, and just like you said, everybody can take take that information for what they want. Um, this 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 pandemic, this ugliness of everything COVID nineteen has brought, is just it it doesn't it, it nobody's immune from it. it. It hits home, and everybody's susceptible to to what this pandemic can basically bring and the sadness that it can bring on so many levels.
2: And, as you said, Joe, you know um, one of your biggest takeaways is you just don't want other people to go through. Nope. This, so no,
1: nope. um, I appreciate it Um uh, everybody's support here has been has meant a lot, and uh, we'll get through it somehow. Um, by the way, both you guys are both idiots. Why? I said, "Play the breaking news music," and neither one of you hesitated. <laughs> no. yeah. we, just, we, just made, we just made. You noises. knew what I meant. right Yes. Away. Oh, absolutely. I and wonder if I
2: wonder if kids nowadays know what the breaking news music. <laughs> no,
1: we is.
0: know. We know what the breaking news sound I is. I thought
2: that was
1: funny.
0: Yeah. Um, and the uh, the cool thing that we're, we're I think we'll have now that we've really kind of gotten onto it, we're, we're back at it with the podcast stuff. And before we go any further, I, I'll say, you know. You can find us on uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, PressRepublican.com. dot com. Find us there. Um, we'll also put it on our social media links. You know, at Press Republican on Twitter, or Press Republican Facebook, uh, Press Republican Instagram story, um, everything like that. You can find us pretty much. We'll, we'll, we put the podcast in enough places. You can probably find it.
2: Yes. Um, you know, I'm glad you don't leave yourself a note for that because every time you remember to say that, it just makes Joe stay. Yeah, Joe, Joe gets all <laughs> Joe gets
0: all pumped up. Um, but also. Yes. Um, we're looking forward to just kind of taking the next step with the podcast, just continuing to have fun with it. Um, you know, bringing the, basically bringing the written word <laughs> that we have into, uh, in, in vocalizing it, basically. And this this po- this episode to start off 2021 was pretty serious, to say the least. Uh, up until the point where Joe calls idiots, been. That's, <laughs> that wasn't cool. I'll take it. Uh, yeah, it's not not too bad. But uh, but we're looking forward to um, you know bringing in people, having some guests, having, having them, some fun, having having fun. You know, you know, we'll touch upon the news like we always do. But I think the thing with the podcast that we've kind of enjoyed more than anything is it kind of gives us a break where we don't necessarily have to do all the hardcore new stuff that kind of goes from day to day. We can kind of have a little bit more fun with it, and I think that's what we're going to do moving forward. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking
1: of which, we've got to get back to
0: it. Yeah, no, that's fine. So, anyways, Joe, <laughs> the sign The editor it. says, back
2: to work. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. 2021
0: first episode of the podcast is, is in the books, and Joe, sign us off.
1: So, thanks again, everyone, for listening. We appreciate your support and your following, and we wish you all a really bit